This episode of the Podular Modcast is brought to you by Recovery Effects and Devices. Quality handmade effects and modules paying homage to classic, synth, and effects designs while innovating for today's studios and musicians. Hello, my name is Tim Held. And I'm Ian Price. Welcome to the Podular Modcast, where we... All right, so Modular on the Spot Seattle is having some uh, great events coming up. Tim is playing at the next one that's happening June 9th at Gasworks Park. Very excited about that. Pretty excited to see what's going to happen there. Come out, say hey to us, chat us up. We want to meet you. July 14th, Cal Anderson Park, another Modular on the Spot Seattle uh, event, as well as August 11th at Volunteer Park and September 8th at Gasworks. Those are all 6 to 9 p.m., and you can contact them on Facebook or Instagram if you'd like to perform. They've put out the word. They want performers. Reach out. At Patchworks, there's a couple cool things coming up. May 23rd, a Wednesday, is the Sound Circuit Soldering Meetup. This happens every two weeks, and it will be going on from 5 to 9 p.m. If you haven't uh, really dipped your toes into DIY or you feel that you're inexperienced, there are experts there. There is equipment. Come with a project and have a good time. May 26th, there is a Korg Prologue Showcase with Nick Quass from 3 to 6 p.m. All free events, by the way. Over at Rebar, a institution of Seattle that has been around for uh, over three decades now, you can see Symbion Project, who was on last week's podcast, as well as Orchid, Tom Butcher, one of the founders of Patchwork Seattle. So, May 31st. It's a show worth checking out. Hope to see you there. Synergy. See, it's all about synergy, Ian. Um, Let's get out of Seattle for a little bit. Let's go down to San Diego. Modular on the spot, San Diego. Ah, San Diego. The Miami of California. (laughs) Sunday, June 3rd at Balboa Park in front of the Veterans Memorial Building. Uh, You can find them on all the socials at Modular on the Spot SD. June 3rd. In Atlanta, the Atlanta Synth Meet is happening at aisle 5 from 2 to 7 p.m. It's a lot more exciting than the aisle 5 I'm used to. Usually when I'm there, I just find Colgate. (laughs) Oh, boy. My uncles had a band called aisle 5 in the 80s. Look it up online. You might be able to find some of it. Oh, cool. Are we talking about our uncle's bands now? Should we get into monkey business? (laughs) Just just speaking of bands from the 80s, um, one of my first shows was Mushroom Bone. (laughs) Just wanted to throw that out there. The Atlanta Synth Club is doing a lot of cool things. You can find them on Instagram at Atlanta Synth Club. And this event has some pretty amazing sponsors. We're talking about Ableton, Dave Smith Instruments, Make Noise, Moog, Novation, Strymon, Synthesis Technologies, and Cyclone Labs. Now, going over to Ann Arbor, the Miami of Michigan. <laughs> June 23rd, the North Coast Modular Collective meetup is happening. For more details, go to www.northcoastmodularcollective.com. They're also making some beautiful panels for DIY mutable instruments builds. They're called the Gross Point Blanks, and they show topographic diagrams of different geographic locations within Michigan. Modular on the spot, Austin, Texas, May 27th at the Dimension Gallery. Um, this one seems like it would be really cool. We have uh, Bana Hafar and Noor Mobarak. I really hope I'm saying her name right. Um, but look her up on Instagram if you don't know who she is. N-O-U-R-M-O-B-A-R-A-K. She is hilarious. Um, and if you don't know who Banna Hafar is, she is uh, one of the masterminds behind Modular on the Spot. 
So they're going to be performing together on May 18th at 9 p.m. Um, at POTS with two T's, 2130 West Valley Boulevard, 91801. So uh, the music that you hear behind our sultry voices today um, has been provided by R. Benny. That's R-B-E-N-Y. This song is called Cascade Symmetry, and it is from the album Cascade Symmetry. And if you want to go to rbenny.bandcamp.com, you can buy a three-album discography for $5.40. Ellison Wolf of Zorks Electronics. How about that name? Ellison Wolf. And, and Zorks. And Zorks. What the hell? This I mean, guy has got the name market cornered. I, I, uh, oh, Zorks builds a ribbon controller and a... A ringleader. A ringleader, which, which was is... inspired by... The Andes Martineau, the first electronic instrument, other than, you know, great-grandma Gertrude... Uh-huh. <laughs> ...accidentally sticking her thumb on the 240-volt outlet while trying to... <laughs> chase a cat out of the molasses barrel. (laughs) Ellison and his wife, M, have a band called Secretary, who have just released a new album. You're hearing it in the background right now. The album is called Parallels. This song is called When You Know You Know. And you can get that album for free over at secretary.bandcamp.com. But, you know, free, throw throw them them a few bucks because it's a pay what you want. I want to say really quick up top that our guest, even though he makes controllers that use cv he's not a modular guy or shall i say wasn't a modular guy he had never really played with a modular setup before i mean he's tinkered around but he's never had one um he came over to my house with his controllers i had my modular setup and we hooked him up and he walked me through the controllers and it was kind of funny like him seeing his controllers work with a modular and and him doing it himself um kind of gave him a new excitement for him and uh i am proud to say that at the end of it we traded i traded him a couple modules and, for one of those ribbon controllers you were mentioning he now has a fledgling setup with six or seven modules yeah they're on the way but um yeah he texted me about three days later after we recorded this you know i, I do think it's kind of <laughs> cool that there's someone who has designed something really unique and we can listen to his music we can listen to what he does with his own equipment with new equipment, and I think we're going to get to hear what he does with modular setups in the future because he seems pretty excited about all of it. Yeah, and also you can hear his first attempt at modular at the patch challenge. Now, he was game. I said, hey, if you've never really messed with this stuff, you don't have to do it. You know, I get it. And he's like, no, I want to try it. And he ended up making a pretty cool patch um, using his controller. Well, so let's, let's get into it. Let's get into let's it. Go. Thank you, guys. Looking at your your info, like the about section, mm-hmm. I noticed that you lived in Kalamazoo. I'm uh, from Kalamazoo. You're from Kalamazoo. Where are you from? I uh, oh, I'm from here, but I went to Western for two years, from oh, really? 2008 to 2010. Yeah. I was long gone by then. Yeah. But, well, that's cool. <laughs> Why would you go there? Um, actually, because I wanted to study North American uh, Eocene primate evolution, and that was wow. like where the guy was. So we ended up doing our our field field paleontology in wyoming but that that was the te- that was the school that he taught at crazy yeah so That's of cool. all places kalamazoo um i 
I miss it. I love it there. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things like I want to go back, but if I'm going to go on vacation, I don't know if I'm going to go on vacation to Kalamazoo. That's always a struggle, <laughs> actually. I'm, so I'm going to, I'm going to uh, uh, the Atlanta Synth Meetup. And like I, I told you earlier, we, had, we lived in Durham, uh, North Carolina, oh. until till about August of last year and I'm going to go and visit it, but it's kind of the same deal. If I was just going on vacation, I wouldn't be like, yeah, let's go to North Carolina. It's like, no, how about Hawaii? Or something, you know? uh, right, yeah. It's like, and that's kind of how it is. I mean, I haven't been to Kalamazoo and yeah, forever. Yeah. But, I haven't been since 2010. I've got some close friends there still that have come out and visited me. Yeah. Um, so are I, they always like, I should move out here. Absolutely. Yeah. And I have noticed a lot of, um, Michigan transplants totally. in Seattle. Cause it's, well, you know what happens is you grow up in Michigan and you know, Michigan's lovely. It's amazing. And then you come out West, especially like Oregon or, or Washington and you see it and you're just like, I mean, my reaction was like, how come nobody told me about this? You know? <laughs> <laughs> and so, I mean, I moved, you know, I moved, actually I moved to Truckee, California first, but then I, you know, I've been all around, but I made my way up here. You, I noticed in that, that uh, bio, you hit like a bunch of my favorite places. Um, when I lived in Kalamazoo, I went on a road trip through Vermont and I oh, fell yeah. in love with Burlington. And you lived there for a bit too? I went to, Yeah, I wound up uh, going to school there. I worked for Burton Snowboards there and then I played in a band up there. Okay, yeah. So cool. I did a bunch. Yeah, I loved it up there. I was there for six years. I was only there for a night, but we, <laughs> we took a uh, that little that tiny little ferry boat from the New York side of Lake Champlain. Oh, Platts, Plattsburgh, I think. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, that was, and we were running from a storm for oh. like two days straight and taking that, the little ferry over the lake into Burlington yeah. as the storm was chasing us was, that was pretty awesome. It's cool. Burlington is a really special place. I actually, uh, I have a couple of friends there still. It's been a while since I, I haven't been there in forever, but, uh, I, I love it. Yeah, there, actually. Yeah. I mean, I really do. Yeah, I was thinking about if I did do a Kalamazoo trip, maybe I would try to go out there too. But that's like <laughs> so far, <laughs> so, so far. It's yeah. like saying I'm gonna go to Washington, but then hit San Diego. While yeah, I'm out or there. like yeah, it kind of is really. <laughs> but it's worth it, actually. I mean, I, when I lived there, we we took a bunch of road trips, and you know, some of my bandmates and I we toured a little bit, and then we also just went on like fun trips and. Just, I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Montreal, but that no, I haven't. Amazing city. Yeah. Favorite, that's probably my favorite city. I've ever been to and I've been you know I've been around enough but uh Montreal is amazing Canada and and just the northeast you know and in Vermont's just a weird cool beautiful place I don't know there's something weird about Vermont like when you get across that border it's just like it you, you, you change it changes mm -hmm. for sure I, I don't know if it's the population size or the lack of billboards or whatever yeah I mean you know they, they outlawed billboards yeah so they don't have them but that it, was amazing I that was yeah yeah, I mean, it, they're, all, they're almost like the last one standing, you know, mm -hmm. when it comes to stuff like that. I think that's one of the things, when I lived there, I mean, Bernie Sanders was just, I mean, I think he, I don't know what he was doing there, but, you know, it's like everybody's like, Bernie! Yeah. But that was, you know, <laughs> before he became kind of a household name. And uh -huh. actually, even e eons ago with Howard Dino, if you remember him. Yeah, I do. But yeah, I was like, Woo! yeah, and, and he just, <laughs> you know, and then he just disappeared. Yeah, you know? yeah. Like, well, what happened? It's amazing. Yeah, we could, we, yeah, could, we, could, we could go off. Um, and then one more thing, and then we'll get into... Uh, modular and all that the whole reason we're doing this <laughs> right. um, but I also saw that you lived in um, Austin and I was just down in Austin I have a switched oh, cool. on bag there oh cool all um, right there it is yeah and I did a talk with with Chad Allen so oh, cool. I don't know if you know any of those guys that switched on or if you spent much time there but I've been no I mean I was in Austin a while ago and actually what happened the truth is I was living in Vermont I left Vermont and had gotten a job in New Orleans as a, a librarian at a Jesuit academy. Oh, wow. Yeah, really weird. And so I went there in New Orleans with my friend, and uh, 
I just, I just didn't want to stay there. It just wasn't right for me. So I, I took off and I drove and I had a friend in Austin. So I was like, Oh, I'll hang out there. I mean, I was really just kind of wandering at mm-hmm. this point. And, uh, when I was there, my car broke down and it just so happened that he didn't have a job at the time. So we wound up hanging out for like two weeks or something like that when my car was fixed. And then I, I went on to LA, but, uh, that's the time I spent in Austin. Okay. So, I mean, <laughs> it's a little exaggerated on the bio, just the Austin part. Everything else is actually maybe under exaggerated, but, uh, yeah. Okay. But yeah, I don't know those guys. I'd like to, I mean, I, I don't even know if I've ever been, yeah, I'm trying to think if I've been to a convention or anything where they've been there. I don't think so. Oh man, that shop was so cool. Yeah. The the bleep, bleep labs guy. Oh, okay. Um, he, he works there and repairs since and shit. Oh, cool. Um, so that's a, that's a hard gig, man. Have you ever yeah. tried to repair a synth? No. <laughs> not fun. Not fun. I repaired, <laughs> I think I've kind of, my, my synth repairing days are done. I've, I repaired an Opus 3, you know that one? Yeah. The, oh my God. Piece, just horrible. And it really makes you appreciate like a modern synth because mm-hmm. you open it up and it's just, it's, you know, in terms of workability, it's like everything is there. So that makes sense. But they, Moog used to use this like black foam that turns in, it turns into gunk. Oh. Uh, it's just a, a nightmare. But yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, I, lo- I know that people love vintage synths, and that's great. But for me, it's like mo- there's nothing like a modern synthesizer. Right. You know, it's we were yeah. just yeah. The last one we did, we were just talking to uh, our Casson uh, Crooker, who's a local artist, about mm-hmm. that, and he has like an original ARP. Yeah. And, Tw- oh, twenty six. Yeah, yeah, and and the original like this old. I don't know the exact model, but it's like the the um, the Keith Emerson. Like mo- oh, yeah, original the, Moog. Oh, he's got one of those, like yeah. the wall. Yeah. yeah. Um, and he's just got all these vintage synths, and he was saying, like, yeah, it's cool, but they go out of tune, and, and modern synths sound, you yeah. know, can sound just as good. Just the same <laughs> and way easier. The durability is but Yeah, it's just not even close. Yeah. It's it's funny to hear. I don't know. It's, it seems like there's a lot of people out there that are just diehard. It has to be vintage and and. I don't know, maybe yeah. maybe that out of tune and all of that, maybe that, that's part of the character that they like about it. Or. Yeah, I think the unpredictability of a you know, vintage synth is actually, it, it, to me, it's actually probably the most desirable part of it. Yeah. Because otherwise, you're right, you can get, you know, my Matrix Brute can sound like a Moog or whatever mm-hmm. else, but the unpredictability part is, uh, that's probably the fun part of it for sure. But it's it's like, it's one of those things too. It's kind of like having an old car. It's like, you better know how to work on it or have a bunch of money. Uh-huh, yeah. You know? and, yeah. And not even that, it's like, you can have a bunch of money so you can get it fixed. You still need somebody to fix it. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, totally. Luck. And it's, uh, it's one of those things like where the unpredictability and, and kind of the, the, that character that it has is really awesome until you want it to do oh, yeah. something that isn't. You're like, how know. do I do get this? To, yeah. I don't know. how. <laughs> yeah. And I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think other than the Opus three, I don't know if I've ever really even owned a vintage synth. Right. Yeah, you know, of worthy of talking about. You know? right, yeah, I mean, I, I more just hear people talk about it. I, I'm not. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't spend the. If I was going to spend that much money, I would just buy way more modules personally. But or you may wait until Behringer comes out with their 2600 clone or whatever it <sighs> yeah, is. Did you yeah. see they came out with the 808? Um, they're coming out with it. They're prototyping. I, it I, yeah, I thought I heard something about that, and I, I have mixed feelings about that. I think it's cool Me that there, there are affordable versions of these really cool things out there but also i don't know how i feel about them just they're just straight up like stealing (laughs) actually you know what's weird is it i'd probably feel a little better if they weren't so good you know what i mean because i actually had that the behringer model d for a minute Mm -hmm. uh i tested it out and it's you know it sounded great and it was fun and and i actually i think for beginning uh, synthesis i think it's an awesome synthesizer i mean just to see the layout and how you can do it and 
it, it really is is very well done. That's the 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 Moog clone. Yeah, or the, the yeah. Model D clone. Yeah. yeah, and it's you know, and it's three hundred bucks, which is, you know, any one of these could be three hundred bucks. Right. You know? And not to mention, you know, it's it's kind of amazing. But at the same time, and they're coming out with some new stuff. I guess that they're they're doing on their own, but. I don't know. I mean, sometimes I think I'm like, well, what's the difference between Roland reissuing their old stuff or Behringer doing it? Right. Know? Yeah. I guess it's they're they're reissuing something that had their name on it previously. But yeah, I yeah, I don't know. Whatever. Make make noises. It's and, here. And get your stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I, I kind of look at it like this. It's like if you can't afford much, then that's that's the way to go. But if you can afford it, it's like there's really not. I mean, I look at your setup and it's a. Uh, it's like interesting, dynamic, weird, beautiful, and it's impossible. Like nobody has this exact setup. Right. Yeah. And that's really the, the deal for me is like, especially with modular. I mean, I hate to say it like this, but so much of it just sounds the same anyway to people that don't know synthesis. It's just like beeps and bloops and, you know, anything you can do to kind of put your personality into it. And you're, you're really not going to do that with a the Behringer Model D. I mean, right. it's, there's nothing to do with you in there. Yeah, and it, well, and but back to that point, like with everything kind of sounding, I don't know. With, I'm still trying to figure it out, and I'm and I'm still trying to figure out what modules are mine's, like my modules. And I, I I recently described it as I went from being able to make the sounds of uh, robots having sex right. to ghost whales having sex. <laughs> I feel like that's some sort of progression. <laughs> Man, you're getting you're getting close to the gold yeah. the golden ring or the brass ring. Pretty close. That's funny. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like I said, I'm, I'm very conflicted on that, but like I, I think it it is expensive and I would like to see, you know, I I thought I've had this kind of daydream about doing some sort of like outreach, like youth outreach thing with teach, modular, with modular. But then it's like, what, what are they, what, uh, how, what happens when they fall in love with it? And then they can't even get one module because they're $300 a piece. You yeah. Know, like, or, or even if they could get the, the Behringer, it's like you, you'd still, you know, yeah. I mean, there's, there are issues too. It's like, you still need a keyboard, you still mm -hmm. need an amplifier, you know, and you still need to know what the heck you're doing. And not only that too, but I mean, you're right for the, depending on what you have, it could be, you know, the, you know, like all the clones, they can be fun or sound like the original, but it's really not fun to play it by itself. I mean, right. Yeah. You know, whereas with this, it's like, you're, I mean, these modules, like the 4MS modules or the make noise, they, they're deep. You know, mm -hmm. some of these can be really deep and it's, I don't know. Like that actually over half of the modules on, on my, my setup right now, I don't fully understand. Well, that's the other thing too, that I actually really think is kind of beautiful and amazing about modular sense is like you grow with it. Mm -hmm. You know what you buy a guitar and you buy a Gibson and you're like, cool, I'm going to buy a Fender. You don't have to learn anything about that to play it the exact same right. way you played the Gibson. Uh -huh, you know, And it'll uh -huh. sound different and you can you can play it differently for sure. But this is absolutely different. I mean, it's just, it's mind boggling how deep it goes and how much time you have to spend with one module. And then to, in order to interact with like, you know, the other 10 that you've got, it's it's really just uh, pretty intense. Yeah, it's, it's as long as you have the, the thirst for it, it's a lot of fun, but I have days where I open up my case and I, and I want to, and I want to play, but I more want to record something maybe or mm -hmm. create something rather than learn how to use my stuff. And it, right. I, I end up just uh, after 10 minutes, like, nah, I'm, I'm not doing this today. I'll, I'll get the, I'll get the mini core <laughs> yeah. out or whatever. You know? yeah. um, unfortunately I've gotten rid of like everything besides so my guitars, so I could pay for this. Yeah, yeah exactly. I have, I Isn't have it? a Volca beats and that's, yeah. that's pretty much it as far as electronic equipment goes. If I didn't have a band, I swear I wouldn't have 
all I would have is a modular and my ribbon controller and the ringleader. That'd probably be it. Yeah, yeah. Give me, give me the progression. Like, how did you get into designing? Like, did you did you study electrical engineering, or did you just start building building kits or repairing stuff? You mentioned you repaired stuff earlier. Well, if you want to know the whole story, yeah, I can, I can start at the beginning. Let's do it. It starts with family and my insecurity. And I ha- <laughs> it really does. Yeah. I have my grandmother had six sisters. And one of her sisters had a son who my parents were just kind of like, I don't want to say infatuated with, but, and he's older than me. He's probably 20 years old or something, but they were always like, he is so smart and he's so successful. And he took this, he fixed this broken radio and he was a genius and mm-hmm. this and that. And they said a bunch of stuff, but that broken radio part for whatever, like was etched in my head forever. I was like, oh, if I could fix radios, you know, uh-huh. I would be a, a genius or uh-huh. something. <laughs> And I don't know how you, how it is when you're a kid, but it's like nobody I knew knew anything about electronics or, mm. you know, whatever. But you see, you know, you break something open, you look at it, and it's it's like you can't make heads or tails of it. You know, I mean, you look at any kind of electronic component, and it's just, it's nothing. It's just a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and it's, that's where I started from, just wanting to get it. And then, like, a long time ago, I lived in Portland. I was, tra- I trapped for bands, and I was... I shouldn't, I shouldn't have done it. I was calling myself a drummer at the time, which is just <laughs> a, a load of, you know, crap. Cause I, I really like definitely wasn't one then, but one of the guys I played with these two older guys, total, total weirdos, basically. Uh-huh. I mean, it was a very odd, you know, rehearsal, I guess you could call it. I only played with them once, but one of the guys, the guitar player, he had this amp that he built and it was built out of like an old phonograph or something and, and he you know we just started talking i was like how'd you learn how to do that with that still that thing you know the radio thing in my mind he's like oh just reading magazines and taking stuff apart and this and that and so that's kind of always been in my mind and uh it's a, it's really makes no sense i mean the, the line of logic is is just so flawed so then one day i'm walking i'm living in a mountain and i'm thinking that i need a compressor a guitar compressor because uh-huh. I want to do this certain thing and I don't have a compressor. I only had like one pedal at the time. And so I start looking on the internet for compressors and I come across those build your own clones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've built a few of those. So have I. Yeah. So, and so I was like, Oh, it's cheap. You know, I just had no money, but I was like, I'll get it. And I had a soldering gun I'm trying to think if I'd built anything before that. I built cables. I think that was probably about uh-huh. it. So I got it and I built it and it was fine. I built a couple more. And then from there I started building other stuff. So I built like a, um, tube compressor, tube preamp, like microphone preamp. What else? A couple more pedals, you know, just like random stuff. But like, I actually, a relative died, left us some money. So I'm like, I'm going to build like the best tube preamp I can. Uh-huh. And so I found this guy who makes these very high end circuit boards. And so I built it and it's, I still have it. I mean, it sounds amazing. And I built a compressor and some other stuff. And from there I started to kind of learn stuff. And then uh, I'd say about three years ago, Man, I can't, I don't, it's too embarrassing. Like some of it <laughs> is like really embarrassing. But about three years ago, I, uh, for, for whatever reason, I was like, oh, I kind of want a ribbon controller. Because I, I don't even know why. I mean, I can't remember. And so I was, I was looking at them and, you know, I just, I was like, well, whatever. I'll just buy the, the element and try to build my own. And so I built one and it sucked. I mean, it was awful uh-huh. and boring and just ugly and stupid looking. <laughs> and, um, but for whatever reason, it just like kept going, you know, I kept, pushing it i was just like i i I can build it i can yeah i don't know what it was but i was Uh like i can build this i can make it fun to play and i can make it better you know like better than what i had built and you know i mean obviously there's some others out there too but i was like there was a need for what i wanted to do and so i just kept pushing it and pushing it and about maybe a year two years ago probably 
I built one that was kind of like, you know, kind of like this, you mm-hmm. know, the shape was the same and, uh, the, the si- like the dimensions were the same. The, this was a little bit different and this was like a homemade one with like, you know, marker. Uh-huh. It was, it was hilarious, <laughs> but it was, it was good. You know, it was like, wow, it's fun to play. The size is right. It feels good. And so from there I was just like, geez, I could actually like start a company and get them out there. And so there it was, you know, and there we go. And, uh, you know, and I'm always kind of trying to refine it or, you know, just come up with different ideas or different this or different that. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like I'd been thinking about the ringleader for kind of a while just because I was like, God, I mean, if you look on the Internet, so there's the Ondis Martino, which is where the ring element comes from, the ring and the pulley. And people have tried to build them. They've tried to build basically what I built and like really clunky versions, you yeah. know, like big and out of wood and cardboard and, you know, just like all sorts of stuff. And I was like, there's got to be a way that I can make it similar dimensions to the ribbon controller. Because I actually just really like the feel of it, the weight and the dimension. Yeah. Of it, you know? Yeah. If, if, if listener, if you're not familiar, um, go to, is it just Zorks.com? Uh, Zorkselectronics.com. Zorkselectronics.com and check these things out. Like the way you've got the LEDs lighting up the, like the mm-hmm. whole, uh, rectangular. What what's this like? Uh, it's acrylic. Acrylic. Yeah. yeah, man, they're fucking gorgeous. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, the ringleader actually took a long. It took a long time to kind of prototype and everything because it's. Yeah, I mean, there are a lot of issues with it, and you just really have to. Uh, you know, it's a, really the hardest part is making making it consistent and uh, making sure that it stays like not really in tune necessarily, but. Yeah, I mean, if if you don't use the right pulley system, it just slips and mm-hmm. you're screwed, and it just becomes this random like sci-fi effect machine. Whereas <laughs> how it is now, even though I haven't actually play, been playing it much, so I'm probably not going to be so good when we do it. But but uh, you can actually you know you can play melodies on it, mm-hmm. and you know recallable melodies like time and time again, it, you can be consistent with it, which yeah. is really one of my main goals. You know? Which in the in the world of modular is is gold is gold yeah you know because it's every time you turn it on it sounds different totally dude i'm the last performance i did i had a a patch made up and i i now whenever i do a performance i show up at least an hour and a half early (laughs) as early as they let me yeah so let's let's go through it i want i I, because i i've messed with it a little bit i messed with it at this the the patchwork sent me up a few weeks ago but um there's there's knobs there's switches there's there's cv inputs and outputs so uh yeah if you get us a rundown yeah, let's see. We'll go through the. They're pretty similar, actually, in terms of the the layout. Not too different. So you know, you've got all the furthest left. You've got the power input. Easy enough. Uh, you've got it's got a pressure sense. The ribbon controller has a pressure sensor. Mm-hmm. So it's actually got two sensors on it. One is pressure, and it's basically just like it acts like a gate. However, it does have a little bit of resistance to it. So if you plug the pressure sensor into like your filter, you can very subtly you can make it. You can change the the pitch of it or the filter or whatever by how hard you push. It's pretty neat. Usually, you know, most people, I think, well, I don't know what most people do. They might actually, because there's a gate as well, like a push button gate. Uh So a lot of people probably just use the gate to do like the on and off in terms of like the amplifier. And that's also got a toggle. So it can be, you can have the whatever parameter on all the time and you push the button, it turns it off. Or you can have it off all the time and you push the button, it turns it on. Nice. Yeah. So I really like that, that feature of it. I think it's pretty neat. Uh, let's see what else. So you have the R, which is for the ribbon, and that's just usually you just use for pitch. I mean, uh-huh. you can use it for other stuff too, but I mean, either pitch or filter. I don't know what else you'd really want to use it for. Right. Yeah. So. No, I can see it good on the frequency or. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the power switch, you know, it just turns it on, off, or what's. Oh, that's the. Uh, so the pressure sensor, 
if you plug it into an amplifier, like the, uh, the amp, if you push it, it'll, you know, theoretically turn it on, right? Mm -hmm. So it'll turn on the noise. You can bypass it so the noise is always on with the uh, power switch into the X position. So you'll have constant noise. So then you don't have to worry about triggering it. Okay. So, okay. So that's what that so if you So if you have that thing controlling a VCA, mm -hmm. you can have it switched to where the VCA is constantly open. Exactly. And letting it through. And, okay. Yep. Or you can use it for the, the pressure. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, this one's just for the... What's that one for? Oh, that's for the LED. So it's constantly on, or you can do pressure on. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's kind of fun. <laughs> that's pretty cool. Or you can have it off, too. Yeah. So. I could see that being cool for um, the performance element. Yeah, definitely. So he's put as he pushes it, it the LED lights up yeah, on the rib. Yeah, it's fun. So next to that, the, the LED switch, we have the R knob. So the R knob stands for range. So that's actually pretty important. On both of them, they have the range. And so what the range does is you can actually... I call it tuning, but it's really not tuning. It's really like spanning the range. So you can figure out what the root note is of whatever you're playing, and then you go all the way to the end of the ribbon, to the end of the uh, ribbon controller, or mm -hmm. even the ringleader, and you can tune it to, like, say, two octaves. So, okay. So all of a sudden, it's like, this is two octaves. So the middle would be, like, one octave, and then you can go, or you can do three octaves or whatever. That's a really nice feature. So it's yeah. not just plug in and it's and the hope same. you get something exactly. Yeah, yeah, you can. That's that's super useful. Yeah. So I mean, and you can put like stickers or whatever on the, on it if you wanted to make markings or whatever you wanted to do, you could do it. Um, but yeah, this enables it so you can actually do like melodies, you know, pretty consistently. Mm -hmm. So uh, let's see. So then the bottom row, we've got the uh, the Zork symbol. You plug that in, and you can control anything you would control with the knob. Usually, like filter, LFO speed, distortion, volume, mm -hmm. whatever. And I just kind of like having the knob there because then you can kind of do. You can either do swells, you can do like filter, you know, sweeps or whatever. Okay, so you can so you could be playing a melody on the actual ribbon, mm -hmm. but then also controlling a filter swell with with the knob on the controller. Exactly. You don't have to go to the whatever your synth okay, is. Okay, that's, that's, that's super nice. Yeah, it's pretty helpful. Uh, this one is just the parameter. Let's see, this knob is the parameter for the pressure. So if you use the pressure for like an amplifier, it's on or off and you, you know, kind of don't really use the knob. But if you do use it for something like a filter, you can adjust the, uh, I'm thinking of the word, I'm missing it. Well, you can just adjust the parameter of it. So, so is it almost like a, an, an attenuator? Exactly. That's okay. what I was looking for. Okay. I was like, it starts with an A. What is it? Attenuator. Yeah. So basically it's an attenuator. Very cool. Yeah. And then, like I said before, we have the gate function, which is the button and the toggle. They're kind of combined. So it looks like as a, just from a performance aspect, you could, you could control what, like three or four different parameters on whatever you wanted to plug them into four what, things yeah yep. mm -hmm. that's super useful especially when you have a, a nest of patch cables covering all your stuff yeah yeah i think so and it's just nice to actually be able to like play it instead of just going woo. Uh -huh. you know it's nice uh -huh. to be able to be you know like make different noises and turn you know i actually like using the uh, pressure sensor i like using it for like an aftertouch thing which is pretty cool but i actually like using it for the amp more than anything and then i can use like the gate function to turn on and off anything you know like I don't know, resonance or whatever you pl plug it into. So it's like you, you really, while you're playing, you have, you know, if I've got the filter going, that I can do filter sweeps, I can turn on the resonance. It's like you've got three, four different things at the same time. So you can really sculpt the sound without having to even go to your modular. That is, uh, I wonder if the modular on the spot people would allow that to be used. I know there, I know there are strict rules. Well, they're breaking out though, according to... Josh is the guy, right? R Josh and Bradley, yeah. yeah. So they're doing the modular nights thing, which is a separate, right. separate thing. So uh, 
because you know it's rainy in Seattle. Totally. So we have to have something to do during <laughs> so the winter. Long winters, <laughs> man. God. How long have you lived here? Well, you're from here. So I'm, yeah. I, I'm, I'm from Washington State, but I'm from the dry side, so it's all sunny over, sunny and hot and dry over there. Right. Um, been in Seattle for f- almost five years, and okay. this was the first winter that really got me. I think. Oh my God! I thought it was so nice this winter. I was like, oh, it's so mild. We really lucked out. Well, so that that. <laughs> It's 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 not so much the because as far as harsh goes, like I live I live on the east side and Kalamazoo, which that showed me what winter was really like. Man, that's why I don't live there anymore. <laughs> it's <laughs> rough. Know? Midwestern winters are just ugly. Oh man, people think it gets cold here. It, yeah. it was the duration this year. Yeah. That just that and I I swear Seattle has this weird charm where the winter gets you and you're like fuck this I'm moving and then right when you're ready to move. It's beautiful. You have a day like today and you're like, oh yeah, it's amazing here. <laughs> I can tell you, like, I, I mean, I, I'm glad we moved to Durham. It was, it was a beautiful place and it was a lot of fun. I have some good friends there, but man, it's like coming back here. It was, it was, it just, it just felt so right. Yeah. You know, and it is true. It's like you get sick. The winters are, yeah. And you can plan for it all you want. Like, oh, we'll read books. We'll go to watch movies. Uh-huh. We'll do this. And it's like, no, you're depressed most of the time. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's pretty rough. I, yeah. I will say a modular helped me get through this one. But, yeah. Um, yeah. I, I, total dream i would love to summer here and winter in austin <laughs> that would be pretty yeah, nice yeah that's, that's the goal so if you want to support us at patreon.com for no doubt thousand dollars a month should cover <laughs> yeah, it you'll if, get if the, you guys could just yeah, get that for you'll me. get all of our back all the back catalog and uh free sticker <laughs> i gotta make some stickers <laughs> yeah better get on that so um now the the ringleader i know a guy for stickers if you want oh yeah i would do, i would like yeah, yeah let's i would like to talk about that because yeah. i, I want to get stickers and yeah. t-shirts and all that shit but yeah. um so the ringleader mm-hmm. is the same thing but with a belt instead of the pressure or i mean there's some differences right some slight differences the only difference there's no attenuator for the pressure um the pressure for the ringleader is mainly used i, I mean it's mainly used to use for a uh well, I guess you don't really have to. I mean, a lot of people use the gate for the amplifier, but I use the pressure for the amplifier, but you can use either one. But yeah, so there's no attenuator for that. And it's instead of underneath, obviously, there's just like a little button uh, button pad, like what they call it. But yeah. Yeah, I've seen I've seen similar, like mm-hmm. I'm trying to describe that 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 sensor. That's It's by all the switches and inputs, but that's the pressure. I've seen that on other modules yeah, too. Yes, synth- Synthworks, I Synthworks, think? also from yeah. Seattle. Yeah, they yeah, use that. He actually, um, I was right next to him for yeah, the, the thing. I didn't even, I've never even heard of them. And then I saw all that stuff and I was like, this is some cool shit. Yeah, yeah, that guy, super nice stuff and really nice guy too. Yeah, uh, Jim, maybe? Sure. I think so. I if you're name. listening, uh, answer my email. I want you to be on the show. Oh, you should. <laughs> yeah, really nice guy, very interesting. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, okay, so, sorry, I, I totally derailed this there. Oh, no. But so, so rather than the, the pressure being under the ribbon, you just have the pressure button. Yeah, exactly. And so then it's got like a pulley system. Yeah, it's, it's, bas- it's based off of the French instrument, the Ondes Martineau. And uh, they've got like kind of a ring system that you can use. And, you know, I'm trying to think who's made it famous. But Johnny Greenwood, if people watch Radiohead, he's probably the, you know, in terms of rock, he's the most visible one that I've seen use it. Mm-hmm. And he's got, I think he had, he doesn't have the vintage machine. He had like a new one built for him. And they, they were in like four or 5,000, I think, or three maybe. Is, now, is that a controller or is it just a controller? No, no, no. The have... original Onus Martineau was a keyboard with that controller. And it also had like these really bizarre speakers that 
kind of resonated in various ways. Mm-hmm. So I've, I've actually never seen one in person. I've never played it or anything. Uh, the but last the last talk we did, the guy had one. Oh, with all, the, all that old Moog stuff. And all, he, it was the same one. That he was Who ta- is this guy again? His name's Cassin Crooker. And, and he lives here? Yeah, and he's part of, he has a, uh, a, a, a project called the Symbion Project. This is I'm is definitely his... gonna meet this guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, he's playing a show with Tom Butcher, aka Orchid, um, at Rebar at the end of May. Wait, Tom is Tom from Patchworks? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he performs under the name Orchid. I don't think mm-hmm. he performs often, but at the end of May, huh? Yeah, I think huh. it's it's in the third May thirtieth or something like that oh, at cool. Rebar. Mm-hmm. I will add that date to the beginning of this episode. Cool. So. Um, yeah. So I I saw him. He was he was actually controlling an ARP. The ARP was uh twenty six hundred yeah. or oh with his ownest Martin uh huh oh yeah. wow cool yeah, it was pretty and I thought of your stuff because I, I I way saw more that. portable <laughs> that's for yeah, sure right? you know? yeah <laughs> so that that's what this is based off of yeah and but the so the original the original was part of the the keyboard synthesizer and it was, it okay. was a beast you know it's uh-huh. expensive and and problematic in terms of you know it's a vintage synth mm-hmm. I mean it, like truly vintage I think. Early 1900s, so yeah. Oh wow! Okay. Or 30s maybe I don't know. Yeah. Wow. Okay. But yeah, it's based off of that, and it, you know, it's uh, there's another guy. His name is Dana Countryman, and if you search like Onus Martino DIY or something like that, he built one, and his was pretty helpful in terms of, uh, for me at least, in terms of seeing how people were kind of going about trying to replicate that for you know, so that would work for other synths. And his was his was pretty good, and he's he's like a you know. It pretty, it was, it was pretty talented, a pretty good stab at it, but I still knew it. It's like when I saw it, I was like, all right, first of all, like the, there's no design to it. You know, it was like very utilitarian. All the ones that I'd seen, I'm like, there's gotta be a way you can like actually design it, mm-hmm. you know, and make it like nice and fun and light and easy and patchable and all these things. And mm-hmm. so, oh, so his, know. his, his didn't have CV op- options on it. Was it MIDI or? No, no, I don't think it was MIDI. I think he had just attached it. It might've had CV, but it was it was it was like it was half the size of this table. You know oh, what I mean? Geez. Okay. Yeah, it was it was, okay. it was a big deal. It was it was big, and the pulleys were big, and you know it was just a it was just different. You know, mm-hmm. I really wanted to try to find something that was compact, and I think his might have spanned a little longer too. But I really didn't want it to be, I really didn't want it to be too, to be too long. Actually, yeah. You know? so. No, I think that yeah, I, I was gonna say that's like. That's the perfect size before maybe it got too big. Yeah. I'd say and and so I see numbers under un, unlike the ribbon controller. Yeah. This one has some markings under it. So it does. It's got actually a removable. Let me see if I can even get it. Oh yeah, kind of comes off. You can peel it off if you want. Okay. It's a, a removable decal and uh, on the decal it's I've got three octaves on top and two octaves on the bottom. So y- again, you can tune it like with the uh, the range knob mm-hmm. to either two or three octaves or whatever you want really. And so you can play melodies on it and be consistent with it. Okay, that's pretty nice. Yeah, that's it's definitely helpful. So. Oh shit, man! I want to plug that thing in. <laughs> um, so, do you have anything, any other ideas coming down the line that you can talk about, or you, you, you are you, are you focusing on just kind of honing these and just making you know Mark Two, Mark Three, Mark Four versions, or kind of expanding? Oh, uh, you know, what if, you, have. you know, I'm always thinking like uh, how to make them better or whatever. But uh, I'm pretty happy with the the models that I've got right now. So not so much. I've got some other things. You know, it's weird. It's like coming up with things that you think are like, oh, this would be fun or this mm-hmm. would be my original idea for Zorks. I really wanted it to be 
it sounds funny, but I wanted it to be kind of like as dorky as possible. <laughs> Not the actual like instruments themselves, uh-huh. but like I thought like, oh, you know what I'm going to do is make like a conductive belt buckle that you can plug into your synth, <laughs> you know? And it's like you're doing stuff and it's like, <laughs> and uh, I think ultimately my wife was probably the one who was just like, don't do that. So, you know, <laughs> like, all right, I won't. It's good to have a voice of reason. Yeah. And yeah. Cause I don't have one. It's like, I can make it. I know I can do a conductive belt buckle. How can I power it with, an, you know, electric underwear yeah totally you know or just like i'll i'll make it it'll it'll go in tandem with like a solar powered hat you know it's like silly and i would that's the thing is, is she knows me too I'm, I'm kind of like a crack not even a crack like a meth head in that way it's like what you know it's like i'll just see nothing but that for forever and i'll i'll keep going with that and then like a month will go by and i'm like what am i doing <laughs> I, I get that way that's probably why i started this podcast um and then got into modular. It's kind of like just tunnel vision. Yeah. And uh, yeah, sometimes you got to be smacked on the side of the head and say, oh yeah, there's other shit. You, going really, on. you really do. <laughs> man. I mean, I know how I am. So, I mean, it's good to know there are other people that are kind of like that. It's like, you just, what, what is it? It's like, it's like clink and you just can't let go of it until you get to the certain point. Mm-hmm. And then you, then you can let go and you're like, what a waste of time yeah. that was, you know? But yeah. it's too late now. I think that's, I think that's just like the, the creatives. I don't know. There's this something about whether it's like designing effects or controllers or get or making an album or perfecting your comedy hour or. Well, it's like, you know, it, it's like science as well, like science and art in that way. I mean, you think they're so different, but actually it's like what pushes you is that curiosity mm-hmm. and either or can I do it? Can it be done? You know, I can do it, but you know, it's like this hubris and, this curiosity it's like a combination like i you're like essentially if you think about it it's like i'm playing god i'm creating uh-huh. this patch that uh-huh. nobody's created before <laughs> and then all of a sudden it's like boop, 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 you know? dude totally yeah so i'm kind of I'm, I'm i'm glad you said the hubris thing because i think there's some level of yeah, there, there has to be some level of like egomania in there to think like especially if you're trying like like to uh like if you're an aspiring musician or actor or novelist or anything like that, there's got to be a delusional part of you that, that like believes with, with total certainty that you have something that no one else has. Yeah. You know, I almost feel like it's easier as an actor because I mean, I lived in LA for a while and like knowing actors and stuff, Uh it's like you can, you're waiting on somebody else to give you that shot, uh-huh. you know, which, which and means a couple of things. Like you could be the best actor in the world, and never get a shot. And that's the end of it. Or you could be the worst actor in the world and get a shot and then be like a superstar. Uh-huh. Whereas <laughs> when you're a writer or a musician or, you know, even like a, you know, an effects designer, it's like, it's all you. It's like, if your effects stinks, nobody's going to care about you. Mm-hmm. If your album stinks, nobody cares. If your book stinks, you know, it's like, there's no, there's no luck really in terms of like, making you be good right right there's there's certainly luck in in it it falling in the right hands mm-hmm. uh, or ears or whatever but yeah you, you have to have that thing to back it up well even sure. in, even in terms of this i mean zorks is a small company and i'm very happy that it's the way it is right now it's like it's like it's perfect and i've had people you know be like oh you should give it to this person give it to that person it's like if i give it to that person there's a possibility that it grows faster than i can handle it and i don't want that now because i have you know you know, it's like my wife and I just put out this, you know, the CD mm-hmm. and it's like, I like a small company. I can do whatever I want to do. Mm-hmm. There's no financial, like anything, you know, it's like, and I meet cool people cause it's small, you know, it's, 
right now, it's exactly where I want it to be. Awesome. Yeah, because that's I'm glad you brought that up because I made myself a little list of things I wanted to talk about and I got through it in like five minutes. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's that's I think that's that's a really cool. It's it's nice to get an insight into that. That's what's one of the reasons I want to talk to so many developers and everything on this mm -hmm. show and have have people get an insight. So like that is there a part of you that is kind of stressed like what if for some reason johnny greenwood got one like you know it's funny <laughs> i thought i thought about that i mean it's not that i'm stressed about it it's you know i would love for him to play it i think he'd actually really enjoy it uh -huh. and, you know and and all that but uh yeah i mean it, it it's a you know it's a, a weird it's a weird thing it's mm -hmm. I want it to be bigger. I need, you know, I, I need to push it a little bit more and I, I will as soon as I'm, you know, in a different s spot, I guess you could say, but it's, it, it becomes a little scary. I mean, you're right. If Johnny Greenwood got one and all of a sudden he was like, love my new Zorks ribbon controller or <laughs> ringleader or whatever. And all of a sudden I had like an order for a thousand of them, you know, f coming through my website. I mean, you'd just be like, all right, you know, they'll be shipping in six to eight months. Yeah, know? no shit. Well, I mean, that's actually why I was, I was later than we'd planned on today is because I was waiting for my, <laughs> waiting for my plastics guy <laughs> so it sounds so funny but so the deal was when i first started making both of these like god it's so funny i really just wanted like this i wanted something to do with my hands because you know it's like you work you play music but i wanted something to do with my hands it had no pressure you know and mm -hmm. so i wanted to build something and so i was like cool you know when i built it i was like wow this is amazing and i routed them you know and if you're familiar with routing it's like it sucks. I know what it is, but yeah, it sounds and, it sounds awful. And writing acrylic is really awful. It smells and it's messy and it stinks and it's terrible. Do you have to worry about it cracking like in half or like is it a delicate thing like that or does it is it? I've cracked a couple of them. You know, I made a like kind of a template for it, so it's it's pretty. I wouldn't say foolproof, but kind of foolproofish. But I found a guy who who does it for me now. Oh, nice. Yeah, and so I was waiting for him to deliver like another couple dozen of the uh, ribbon controller blanks or whatever. But yeah, it's uh, it's funny because originally I was like, oh, I'm so excited to like work with my hands and do this. And then after, you know, a year of working with acrylic, you're like, this sucks. <laughs> and it's it's weird because, I, I mean, actually, you know, I don't know how you are, but it's like I look upon the world and it's like, you know, we're going down in flames, right? <laughs> you know, and, and a, a, you know, an acrylic ribbon controller made with, you know, lead tin solder isn't really, you know, contributing to the, you know, the betterment of the world necessarily in terms of environmentally. And I think about that sometimes I'm like, God, what if I could just make about a bamboo and. Yeah. Know. Yeah. I mean that, that's, that gets, it gets into one of those, like, what do you do? Yeah. What do you do? do you, like, we, should we all stop driving cars and drinking coffee? I mean, I'm everything, like, ev every single I mean, thing. The only like, thing we could do is eat leaves and, and <laughs> scavenge for water all day. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The grasses really. So leaves. I don't know. I, I don't know how much it means coming from me, but I would say don't. I, I hope you don't lose <laughs> too much sleep over that aspect of it. I know, like Vactrol, Vactrols are, I guess, really bad for the oh. environment too. Really? Yeah. So um, I, I heard. I don't know how much truth that, truth it is, but I won't say the name of the company because I don't know if it's true. But a big company was thinking about you discontinuing know, discontinuing a certain oh. certain module and and making an, a new cheaper huh. without the Vactrols. But I know people really like. Factuals, well, so. that'll just drive the price right up, yeah. <laughs> you know, and then they'll reissue it, uh -huh, like, right? You know, or Behringer will do it yep. cheaper, and there you go. I mean, that's the other thing too. It's like, you know, it's funny. You get too big, and it's like you you become a target almost. And I think about that. It's like they're absolutely Behringer could put me out of business in a minute. 
You yeah. know, if they were like, oh, you know, we can do this. We can do it for, you know, it's offered $15, you know? I was <sighs> like, great. Oh, yeah. And they could. I'm going to stick with, I also like, I will, I will, I don't know. Now I'm just but, fucking you know what? Behringer's humble never, bragging or something. Behringer's never going to make like this 4MS stuff. That stuff, I mean, you look at that and it's like, oh, these guys, I mean, these guys are like mad scientists, honestly. <laughs> And, yeah, and this what the stuff they make is just it's crazy it's crazy man stuff and mm-hmm. and Behringer's never gonna make that because what's why why would they yeah you know? yeah and, and I think Behringer has to appeal to a giant market mm-hmm. and like as cool like so the spectral band multi resonator or, or spectral <laughs> multi band resonator is super fucking cool but not everybody wants to buy one because they're yeah. hard to understand yeah and they're five hundred bucks or whatever yeah too, so. yeah that that one's actually Ian's I'm, oh it is I'm, yeah I'm trying to figure out a trade thing. Oh, nice. maybe but shit man we're at 50 minutes let's let's fucking start let's jam some shit out on this thing all right um, so let's see i'm right. gonna pause for a second yeah and then good. we okay i forgot which one's oh is there an order for the hats yeah i think this is adjectives all right i like it we're kind of running low there <laughs> you gotta replenish yeah i know <laughs> all right and a noun right. so let's I'm gonna see do the noun first okay Danger. Danger. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see what's... Unkempt danger. Unkempt danger. <laughs> oh. I mean, is there any other kind of danger? I don't think so. <laughs> All right, so should I put this microphone down? Or? Um. So, yeah, I, I, I've got that that guy set up, but I, I was going to give you some time to, to build it. I'll stop. Uh, I want to say thank you to all of our Patreon subscribers. You're really helping out. It costs money to get these out on the airwaves. Airwaves? What the hell? Wherever they go. The bits and bites, you yeah. know. The bits and bites, they, they take a bite out of your wallet. Listen. You, know? <laughs> you got <laughs> we, gotta, we gotta push a little to the side for Santa to deliver all these podcasts. <laughs> and we want to build you, bring you build journals. We're going to be doing demo videos and recordings with Patchwork soon. And we want to travel bring you more news, be more up-to-date on this stuff, and give you all the info you want from the modular world. Really appreciate all the help, and we will be sure to bring you as much as possible. All right. What, what, what was it? Unkempt danger. So this is what unkempt danger sounds like. And actually, this sounds kind of like the precipice of the most dangerous part of the unkempt danger. Uh-huh. Like, you're just <laughs> waiting for the shit to hit the fan, uh-huh. essentially. <laughs> And you making the shit hit the fan. We talked about it earlier using, but we, we've made a, you've made a few more connections. Yes. So you've brought the spectral multiband resonator into the mix, and then, ah. yep. Is that is that what I'm controlling with this? I forget yep. already. Okay, so yeah. So I'm using the gate the gate push button that I have to turn it on or off, so or you cool. can switch the toggle like we were talking about earlier. Constantly on, uh-huh. push the button, turns it off. Oh right. Okay. So you're con- all right. You're controlling. This is a crazy... So you're controlling the woggle bug into a VCA into the, f- the, the frequency of the filter, and that's what you're controlling with the gate, is that VCA letting the woggle bug... Exactly, through. yeah. Okay. And then you've got... What do you got controlling the subgate? Uh, I think the pressure sensor, right? Yeah. Yep, yep. There's a, <laughs> and actually, there's a spot... Uh, yeah, where you can touch the ribbon without changing the pitch, and you can just hit the... Oh, nice. Yeah. So, <laughs> so your pressure's controlling the subgate, yep. letting the subgate out of the STO, and then the sliding is, is the volt per octave in the STO. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And that's just controlling the pitch. And, and then I've got the, uh, 
I call it the ancillary switch, and that's the, just the knob that's kind of freestanding. You can plug into anything uh -huh. or patch into anything, and it's controlling the regeneration of the... I don't remember which delay it is. It's the Doppler by WMD. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's what... So you can hear it, like... I'll, I'll turn it up. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. All right. Let's, uh... I'm going to shut up. And uh, I'm going to just let you jam on this for a minute. I love that um, 
when you can when you flip the, the LED for the the play oh, the function of it, like that is that is fucking awesome. Right on, dude. Well, thank you so much for uh, for coming over and bringing is, bringing these over. Are and you kidding? This is this is a blast, man. It's a it's a good thing I don't have a modular set up like this at home right now because uh, <laughs> I wouldn't have made it out of the house. You know? <laughs> yeah, it's so fun. Like. like like you were talking about earlier, like having having your wife be able to, to smack sense into you. Look, I, my my fiance keeps me from, like not, you know, keeps me from, just becoming a total. I know you hermit. start to think like if you're into modular sense and you're a bachelor, it could be a, it could be dangerous, you know. It's, it's it's almost like World of Warcraft level danger. I totally. think. <laughs> it really is. I mean, the thing about the modular is like you see the potential. Like all, it's like nothing but unlimited potential. Yeah, you know? and like there's infinite sounds in that suitcase, and that's a simple setup. And you will never get the same sound twice. No, yeah. no. Even if you master each of these modules, which you never will. No, it's like it's so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's nutty. Uh, so zorkselectronics.com. Uh, yeah, that's and what then it is. Se- is it Bandcamp or bandcamp.secretary on Bandcamp? You know, I can't remember what the band camp was in, uh, but our, our website is secretaryband.com. And actually, if you go there, you can download our, you can go to our band camp page and you can download the album for free. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, and I, when I did the band camp search, you are the first secretary. Nice. So, As we should be. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right on. Well, thanks again, man. Yeah. That's thank you, Tim. Fun. Yeah. It's, it's a blast. Thank you. Hey, we'd like to introduce you to a new module by Recovery Effects, The Bleeding Hearts, a random sequencer, rhythm generator, destroyer, and filter. The Bleeding Hearts is an effect device that at its core starves, bit crushes, splatters, and filters audio sources like no other. Feeding a gate signal to The Bleeding Hearts enables a whole new world of strange and random analog generated movement. Every position of the eight-step sequencer can bleed into each other and interact with the destruction effect, creating gated and filtered splatters glitches, and crunches that move to the beat of your patch. Whoa.